Good morning. Welcome to the Mr. Elvin Podcast. It's Friday, November 3rd. We are in the dead week, the zone between the Redskins losing to the Cowboys and having to travel to Seattle. Here to talk about that from the Washington City Paper is Matt Turrell. Hey, Matt. Hey, Jamie. How are you? I'm all right. Um, so we're recording this on Friday because life and technology got in the way earlier in the week. So we're not going to do like the overreactions to the Cowboys game. And in fact, um, we're probably not going to spend too much time talking about the Cowboys game because I didn't even watch the Cowboys game. Uh, I think you did not miss much. The only play I saw, I mean, just about the only play I saw as it was being broadcast was what I have to think was the, the uh, most crucial play, which was the blocked field goal that would have put the Redskins up, I don't know what it was, like nine points or something in the second quarter. That was returned all the way to the Redskins' goal line and subsequently turned into a Dallas touchdown for a 10-point swing. In a game where the Skins had no margin for error, uh, that was tough to overcome. Yeah, and not only was that was that um, the, the key play of the game, I would say it was sort of a fractal for the whole game. There, You had the brief moment of hope, uh, but not, not hope for something great. They weren't about to score a touchdown. They were about to kick a field goal. Uh, then you had that hope shattered. Then you had an inexplicable last tiny little bit of hope added when they were tackled before they scored a touchdown. But ultimately, it all came to nothing. So really, if you extrapolate from that, that feeling you had during that play, that was what watching the game was like. Excellent. And I think the other, the other like overriding theme for this game, aside from you know crushing defeat, was injuries. Um, the offensive line was like three-fifths backups, and I think two of the remaining fifths were on two hobbled ankles, if that makes sense. The offensive line was in shambles. Um, but for you or anyone else who watched the game, like what was another takeaway or another overriding theme? Well, for me, and I don't know if this is for anyone else, but for me, the theme was, again, that Kirk Cousins is just a guy. Uh, you know, I've, I've harped on this a lot with a lot of the guys on the Redskins throughout the season. It's sort of becoming my talking point for this whole season. But the guys, they're all, they're, they have a lot of guys who are perfectly good and very few people who are going to elevate you. Uh, it doesn't matter that much with most of the guys, but with Cousins, this is central to the discussion of him, and I think it is becoming clear that he is a good guy, he is a good football player, but he is not, I don't believe, a star NFL quarterback. I mean, that's a very like secure limb to be out, out on. You know, like, that he is a solid quarterback, I feel like is the like solid oak tree limb to be standing on because um, that can be good enough. You know, that, that's good enough, but I don't think it is. I no longer think it is. Well, what do you mean? Well, what I mean is that he's, he can't, I don't believe that Kirk cousins can win you a game. I believe he cannot lose you a game in an optimal circumstance, but the number, whenever a play breaks down, whenever somebody gets a hand on him in any way, uh, it feels like the best case scenario is he does not do something horrible. Um, that like literally I, I've never seen him do the thing where the play breaks and he makes something out of nothing, and we all get to be very excited about it. Um, right, like like what Wentz did five different times two weeks ago. Sure. I mean, what, 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 when you watch a quarterback, makes you say, that guy is a great quarterback. That guy is someone who's helping his team win, um, and not just preventing his team from losing. Do, do you think that on, in some way, like the 49ers, and, and namely Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, had the same realization or, or maybe have known that all along. And that was, 
you know, something that was uh, kind of, you know, revealed to the rest of us when they traded a second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo this week? The thought crossed my mind. I mean, I, I felt because I this was the game. This was the one where I finally, no lie, was like, you know what? I really don't care if they let Kirk Cousins walk. It's possible that from a financial standpoint, I would prefer that they do that. Um, th- this was the game where that fully crystallized for me. And I've gone back and forth on it. You can see it in print all over the place, mm-hmm. City Paper, Mr. Relevant. I've, mm-hmm. I've said it um, both ways. But this was it. And maybe maybe they really did. Maybe Kyle and, and uh, John Lynch were sitting there watching the game. It was a nationally televised game. And they were like, you know, I know you love the guy, but is he really worth sacrificing you know so much we have all this free agent money we have we could do eight million things is it really smart to do it this way i I don't know i believe it see i i'm still on team keep cousins like just in in general terms mainly because he is a solid quarterback and there's no apparent backup plan you know like you basically have to draft a quarterback yep or maybe pull a trade like the 49ers just pulled off but there's no real backup plan and what's interesting or ironic is that Cousins himself like he was the backup plan in the draft where they traded three first rounders for RG3 they took Cousins in the fourth round but now this is like year whatever year three year four of it being Cousins and the backup plan is literally the backup quarterback Colt McCoy which is no plan at all they have they drafted Nate Sudfeld in like the sixth or seventh round, but they've come to this point where like they have to either pay like a, a, an unprecedented amount of money for an average quarterback, or have no quarterback at all. Okay, but th- that's but that's it, we've seen in the league that rookie quarterbacks can succeed, and not only top overall pick rookie quarterbacks are guaranteed sure things. I mean, Deshaun Watson, despite the unfortunate injury, is the obvious like extreme example of this. Dak Prescott is another extreme example. Russell Wilson mm-hmm. is another extreme example. Mm-hmm. But looking at it from a financial standpoint, um, Deshaun Watson was taken twelfth overall. Okay, so sure. mid early mid mid first round. Um, his signing bonus was. 8 million. I mean, he signed something like it was he 13 million, 14 million guaranteed at signing. Okay. Which means that you could draft a first round quarterback next year with whatever your pick is, uh, sign him, start him, plan to start him. Um, if he's no good, cut him, take the accelerated cap hit, sign another quarterback a little later, uh, you know, draft a quarterback a little later the next year, sign him, start him and still be ahead of where you were with cousins. And maybe you hit on someone. Right. Maybe you don't need to do that second guy. But I think the way the, the economics of quarterbacking, the economics of, of drafting is right now, it makes far more sense to keep trying that um, than to tie up that percentage of your salary cap in a guy like Kirk Cousins. Now, if you drafted Deshaun Watson and he turns into what Deshaun Watson was this year and doesn't get injured and continues on the trend that he was on, then yes, $30 million a year, $40 million a year, whatever. I understand right. that's yeah. what you're going to pay. you've got your Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Sure, sure. But you keep trying that. You don't say, well, I mean, you know, this isn't great, but it's good enough. Like, think about it in terms of a house. If you were buying a house, would you be like, well, this house isn't, it's not, it's got a roof, it's got a door. It's, it's, it's in a decent neighborhood. Let's pay top market value for it. Well, see, I, I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree that they should be drafting quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, like draft a quarterback, see if it takes. If it doesn't, draft another quarterback. You know, like keep getting back on the ride until you've got a good one. 
that that said, I don't want to rely on like the way that the Texans did it or had to do it, which was if Watson was no good, they were screwed. Their season was lost and their franchise was lost until they found a quarterback. I'd rather do it the way, and it worked out. I mean, it, I mean, they totally hit on on Watson, but the probability of that is not great. I'd rather do it the way that say the Chiefs did it with Mahomes. Uh, you know, they had Alex Smith, who's basically Kirk Cousins, and they spent their first rounder on a QB, and they can see if he works out. If he doesn't, oh well, they've still got Alex Smith. If Alex Smith keeps going well, oh well, they've got a great trade asset or just a great backup plan. I mean, this is what the Patriots did with Garoppolo, you know, sure. and now it's apparent that Brady's still got it and Brady wants to play until he's, you know, 45. So they can trade Garoppolo. They did it with Brissett. <laughs> um, that would be – now the finances of like taking that approach with Cousins, I'm, I'm not it's sure. Impossible. I'm it's impossible. I'm not sure about the accounting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's totally different. Um, yeah. But but I, I think you could do that with Colt McCoy. I don't think you need – I don't think the difference between – Kirk Cousins and Colt McCoy for one season is that significant. Now, if we were talking long-term, yes, Kirk Cousins is probably a more solid, more reliable quarterback than Colt McCoy. But if all you're saying is like, look, we drafted this first-round guy. He's not quite ready, but you know, we, we need a stopgap starter. I'd rather spend whatever it is, $4 million on Colt McCoy and get two more offensive linemen to protect either McCoy or the eventual rookie starter. I just, I cannot in my head make the math work to justify keeping Kirk Cousins at this point. Well, I mean, I do think there's a difference between Cousins and McCoy. I mean, I think McCoy's a good backup, and like the gap between the two is probably less than the average gap between starter and backup across the league. But that's that's mostly because Cousins is just average, and McCoy is like a good backup. Yep. But I still think it's the difference between like nine and seven, and like six and ten. You know, like all other things being equal, I don't. I like. I think your Cousins, like your good to average cousin season is like a 500 or better team you're good to average mccoy season is like yeah you're in last place in the nfc east well, well but i mean what's your what's your evidence for that with cousins i mean he's played two seasons the last he's, two years he's well he's a 500 quarterback the last two years i mean we were win- winning seasons back to back man don't do this to me jamie <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it no I but mean, I mean, he was healthy the last two years uh-huh. the team you know, was not was unlike this year. It hadn't like completely gone on the IR or what what have you. Right, and they were in contention both years. They were nine and seven. They were eight, seven, and one. I think Cole McCoy's McCoy, never done that. I, think I don't. I don't keep trust I, McCoy doing that. I think I don't know if he could do it with the current assortment, you know, island of misfit toys that the Redskins are right now. But I think Colt McCoy with last year's team could have gotten you to a seven and nine record in a, you know, uh, an eight and eight record or, you know, something. I I don't think there would would have been that big a difference. I just don't. Um, I've seen it. If you consider the question, what if these last two years was Kirk Cousins ceiling? Then I I think that you you got to cut you got to cut bait. That's a good way of thinking about it. Well, and also I mean so, I guess the cruel twist in this is that we're having this conversation, and you're on your Kirk Cousins just a guy kick, happens mm-hmm. the week that the number one potential landing destination for Cousins is pretty much off the board. Well, you know, like, so look. But but here's the positive spin on that from my Kirk Cousins is just a guy perspective. If you believe uh, that Daniel Snyder and Redskins ownership are a bunch of vindictive, cruel people who are going to ensure both that Kyle Shanahan never got Kirk Cousins and that Kirk Cousins never got Kyle Shanahan, then now they can let him at a minimum test the market 
see what he can get from another team. And what may come back is it may be that Kyle Shanahan would have been willing to pay a premium for Cousins' knowledge of his offense. And what comes back is that Cousins isn't the top, top, top dollar quarterback. And then we have a whole new conversation. Yeah. But, you know, I think the chances of them letting Cousins out the door increase with Kyle Shanahan not in the mix because I do think they are that petty in the front <laughs> office. <laughs> Perhaps. But I do think, like, when you're bidding for Cousins' services against, like, the Jaguars and the Jets or the Cardinals, rather than bidding for his services against the Rams or the 49ers with McVay and Shanahan, you know, now mm-hmm. that they've got Goff and Garoppolo, like, they're probably out of this. You know, those, that's probably not a factor anymore. Mm-hmm. I do think that drops his price tag, his, his you know, market value considerably and makes it what? more likely he comes back to the Redskins. It does. And he's, he is such a creature of like habit. And from what I've seen, I don't know the guy. I've never even spoken to him, but from what you see in interviews and everything else like that, he likes being comfortable. He likes being in a place where he feels welcome and trusted and he's established himself. He's real into that sort of thing. And now there's only one place that really fits that description in the NFL and it's Washington. So maybe they can lowball him. I mean, who knows, but I think the odds of a, a transition tag or a, third franchise tag are now out the window. I do not think they would, I think, let me rephrase. I have no idea what they would do because they're crazy, but I think right. doing that would be idiotic. Just because the dollar amount would be so high compared so to what high. he's probably going to get average yep. annual salary on the, on the market. At um, an absolute bare minimum, you got to let him test the market. Now, but I, I was going to say, like, if you're Kirk Cousins, what's the difference between like $200 million and $100 million? And the answer is $100 million. Yep. But it almost uh, would be better for like, everyone involved if he just had like whatever i'm just gonna just put out nice round numbers like a five-year deal for 100 million then like a six-year 175 million you know what i mean it would almost be better for everyone including him because that's like a shitload of money and he's taken care of and he's in you know whatever but the expectation and like the the resentment is not through the roof yeah, I mean, he and uh, he is smart enough to realize that, but he also has a kid now, and I feel like he's the kind of guy who's like, well, if I have a child, and that child is fruitful and multiplies, then there will be more children, and I need to finance, you know, an entire small nation state two generations hence, so who knows? I know, he is like selling t- like random t-shirts on his website, and I know a little bit about that myself. Do you? <laughs> but... Like why? Why is he doing that? He's making like twenty eight million dollars. I'm not making twenty eight million. Let me get, let me get the t shirt money, cousins. Get off my corner, Kirk Cousins says Jamie Mottram. No, I, I think you know uh, the old uh, was it Spy Magazine bid mm-hmm. that um that, that where they would send out like increasingly small checks to millionaires to see who would cash them. Mm-hmm. Like Kirk Cousins would cash those. I did, it wouldn't matter how small they were. The checks could be anything that wasn't negative, that wasn't going to actively cost him money. I guarantee you he would. I, I bet that guy cuts coupons. Just a random Kirk Cousins uh, tidbit about, about the t-shirts is last week in the world or this week in the World Series, Jack Peterson hit a big home run and got to home plate, running back to the dugout, was like yelling at his teammates, you like that. Just, mm-hmm. you know, just like mm-hmm. very Cousins-esque. Mm-hmm. So my company, Breaking Tea, we make like t-shirts off of these trending sports moments. We make a Jack Peterson, you like that shirt. And we've got it all ready to go and launch it on our site, sell it to Dodgers fans, you know, make a little coin. Until we realize that Kirk Cousins has trademarked, you like that. <laughs> So we can't, we can't make the Jock Peterson you like that shirt. 
anymore. Now, now I want to know, like, how is Cousins capitalizing on his "you like that" trademark? Did he get some legal advice from Dan Snyder that was just like gobble up all of the all of the claims? Uh, I think I think that he I think that he probably will use his trademark on some local TV commercial that I won't even see because it will be Loudoun County only only, and I am far enough away that uh, I do not see Loudoun County commercials. But he'll be out there talking about like. This carpet cleaner, you like that? Uh, or something like that. No, but am I wrong? I thought I read that Jock Peterson claimed like never to have heard of Kirk Cousins or something like that. Is, is that correct? I actually think that you like that thing became like such a part of the zeitgeist for a moment that it would be possible to be aware of you like that, to be inspired by you like that without actually knowing who Kirk Cousins is. Yes. <laughs> I, I, well, I also think that, that, let's be honest, I just think it's the kind of thing that white guys shout when they're celebrating. Like, uh, well, you know, we, we as, a, as a segment of the culture, are very limited in our ability to express ourselves. And I just think that is like buried in the DNA as something you would shout. Any other thoughts on Cousins and or the Cowboys game? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, one more on the Cowboys game real quick. Uh, they wore those hideous throwback uniforms Yeah, where the uniforms are okay, but the helmets don't match. Um, I, and the pants I are like the color of brown mustard. Yeah, but I see, I don't mind. I, I can understand what you're going for with that. Yeah. But like when you found out that you couldn't do the helmets for whatever reason, which I don't fully understand because other teams have used throwback designs on helmets this year. Right. Um, uh, but if, when you found out you couldn't do it, it's time to scrap the thing. It is such a, a design nightmare to have the two different shades of burgundy next to each other. At the same Bad time, that you have the two... It's the two different, um, you know, uh, vaguely offensive uh, faces next to each other because they, they face the same way on the shoulder pattern on the helmet, but it's a totally different design for the same image. And it's like, it looks so stupid. Uh, I cannot get over why they insist on sticking to this. Like if nothing else, just peel the stickers off and wear a burgundy helmet. And it would look incrementally better. Ugh, it's so annoying. It's almost like one of those like historical timeline type things. Like here's old timey racism <laughs> and here's modern day racism like right there in the same frame. Oh, maybe, maybe they should start, you know, move everything down one step, put the old one on the hip, put the current one on the shoulder, then put a guy with a tiki torch on the helmet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, okay, backing away from that ledge for a moment is it reminds me, like the, the helmet not matching the shirt reminds me of like when my kids dress themselves or honestly when I dress my kids. And yeah. like they walk downstairs and my wife's like, no, 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 <laughs> go back, go back and change into a different outfit that matches. It's, it's less so now that they've gotten older. Was there anything more like, uh, made you feel more like a sitcom dad in the moment where you would drop them off and the teacher would look at, or the, the daycare provider would look and be like, oh, did dad dress you today? And it's like, yeah, yeah, boy, that was really <laughs> obvious, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, two things from the Redskins Cowboys games I, I did, that I did not see, um, but I learned after the fact. One is uh, Jameson Crowder breakout game 120 yards i mean was it like garbage time yardage or was this no. actually like a crowder like a good crowder game no this is a good crowder game he looked like crowder again uh so this being 2017 he has naturally responded to that breakout by getting injured um is he hurt <laughs> no yeah I, th I, I think he didn't practice at least one or two days this week um see that's but, uh, that, that says a lot about like the state of things because there's like 30 injuries i mean literally i think there's over 20 i saw a list of like the yeah injured players um that crowder being hurt like would not even register 
Yeah, no, no, he has a, he has a hamstring. He was held out of two straight practices. Um, but yes, he did look good finally um, for whatever that's worth. The other thing, I didn't see this. I, I like watched a, I don't know, two and a half minute highlight reel of the game in, in deep preparation for this podcast. I had no idea that Chris Thompson fumbled a kickoff when they were down by four in the third quarter. Like just a straight fumble on his own 20. What the I, hell, man? I had forgotten that also. Now, at what point are we allowed to start blaming, uh, in our overreaction way, uh, the, the special teams coaching for this? Yeah, because Thompson and Crowder now have four fumbles on punt and kick returns and probably zero otherwise, and they touch the ball a lot. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's, it's baffling. Similarly, uh, at what point do we ask if there's some training or conditioning thing going on that is causing all these injuries? Because this is, this is bonkers by any reckoning. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be like the story of the moment in the NFL, like especially with Watson going down for the season. Uh, Pierre Garçon's now down for the season. There's tons of like big star guys, Odell Beckham, star guys down, J.J. Watt. The Redskins don't really have that. They don't really have like this. I mean, other than maybe Jonathan Allen. It's just like so many. It's, it's the magnet, the quantity of injuries. Well, hang on though. Who would you qualify as a Redskins star that is that could be injured? I mean, Josh Norman was injured. Well, uh, I mean, now for the year, like uh, Josh oh, Norman okay. and Trent Williams, I think are maybe the only two players that I would qualify as like all pro or borderline all pro caliber players. Yeah, and they've been hurt, but they're not out for the year yet. I mean, it could happen to Williams any week now. Yeah, I, I thought that they were getting close to uh, to shutting him down actually. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, but yes, I know it's, but but I feel like a lot. Some of these injuries. I mean, I haven't seen. I don't know if there have been any pictures or video of the Watson one, but I was. I read that it was a non-contact ACL, um, which just ha- those things just happen. I mean, the the Redskins have guys who are going down with strains and sprains and bruises and twists and turns and things, and it just makes you wonder. Um, I don't want to put all the blame on Deuce Gruden, but if you're going to put that guy on TV that much, I think he's got to own some of this. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally making that up. I have no but, idea. But, Please don't hurt me, too screwed. By the way, did you read the ESPN feature on Tom Brady this week? That was all about like the TB12 method and pliability, etc. No, I did. I, I didn't. I managed to resist the urge. I mean, it's worth a read just because of like the gall, like the audacity that this guy has. He's basically, in his own words, is saying like he's unbreakable. Like thanks to his dietary habits, like. I like just all of the conditioning he's done since he he went down with a, a season-ending knee injury in like 2008, and like how his muscle—if you were to like look at the actual muscle—looks like tenderloin, and other guys looks like beef jerky. <laughs> like that, it's, it's craziness. And like every one of his disciples, you know, on his own team, Edelman, Gronkowski, there's another example or two, have like bought in on this TB12 method, and they've all gotten mm-hmm. hurt. They've all, all, they've all gotten hurt, but not Tom. It's just it's just kind of wild because it's like I guess you have to have that belief that you're like invincible, you know, when you're a forty year old quarterback. Um, but it's a really compelling read, and I don't know if it's a con or if he's deluded or both. But uh, I would just think if I was another NFL player reading it, I would be like, "What the fuck, man! <laughs> like we're out here getting killed." I think one of the hardest things in the world for any person is to say, to just say, 
yeah, I have this success because I was, I was lucky or I was, you know, or I was privileged or, or whatever. Right. And I think Tom Brady, if you believe as I do, that luck is a quantifiable thing people possess more of and other people possess less of, I think Tom Brady, uh, multiple Super Bowl winner, married to a supermodel, previously married to an actress, uh, blessed with good looks, et cetera, clearly has uh, a, more than enough luck to go around. So it's tough <laughs> for me to take anything he says seriously when he is obviously one of literally the five or six luckiest human beings in recent human history. And, and by the way, if you do read the Brady feature, or even if you don't, couple it with Bomani Jones's radio rant about the Tom Brady feature. And it's... Whatever, however good mine just was, multiply it by a million because that's the difference between me and Bomani Jones, anyways. Um, Did anybody transcribe that? Do you know? Uh, it's, it's on. It's on Deadspin, actually. All right, I'll I'll, I'll check it out then. Uh, and and you know what? Before we get into the Seattle thing, I almost forgot to share with our audience you know, for the second straight week, the Mister Relevant podcast is sponsored. How about that? Yes, it's sponsored. Yes. God, we earned. This. I have a read to do. It's not going to take that long, so don't don't hit the fifteen second fast forward button like I do with every other podcast. Just hear me out. <laughs> Dustin Fox of Pearson Smith Realty, a local real estate agent born and raised in Northern Virginia, will sell your house, but only if you're a Redskins, Caps, Nats, or Wiz fan. If you're a Cowboys fan, Eagles fan, I'm just going to go out on a limb. Even if you're a Giants fan, sorry, you're shit out of luck. Call a discount broker. But if you want a DMV expert with innovative social media marketing and proven results, Call or email Dustin Fox, 703-927-1461, or Dustin, with a D, Dustin, at PSRCollection.com. Hail to the Redskins. Can I, so when you did that read last week, and you did Dustin with a D, Dustin with a D, I, I, I was like, why is he? Like what? Uh, Pustin, Wustin, Lustin. I point. finally figured out that you were worried people thought Justin. So it, it made much more sense to me once I figured that out. Honestly, Boy, I'm, just, I'm just. Did reading, I get hung up on that? I'm just reading what he DM'd me on Twitter. I'm I'm a talking meat puppet for Dustin Smith Realty. Uh, I'm sorry, Pearson Smith Realty. Dustin's Dustin Fox is the is, is the, the guy realtor, you want to call. Yes. I'm gonna give you one more. Yeah. Use number one more time. If you're a All Cowboys right. fan, you know maybe just call and harass him. But if you're a Redskins fan, call and help him sell your house. Number is 703-927-1461. Okay. All Back right. to the program. Sounds good. Um, if, you, if you've been fast-forwarding, stop. We're talking about now. the Redskins again. Um, Redskins. Also Dustin <laughs> Fox. Also with the D. Um, so – I thought that I think I said this last week. If the Redskins lost to the Cowboys, the season was over because then they have to go to Seattle, and they'll yes. be three and four heading into Seattle, which means they're three and five. But then I took a look. I mean, the Seahawks are five and two, mm-hmm. and they've got this great home field advantage, and the Redskins have not had success there. But they've had three home field home games this year. In one of those games, they beat the crap out of Indianapolis. But I think everybody does that. The other two games was this past Sunday. They survived a shootout with Houston, barely won that game, won by three points. And earlier in the season, survived San Francisco, a Redskins-esque three-point win at home over the 49ers. So all I'm saying is that I'm not chalking this up as a loss. I think, they ha- I think the Redskins, much like last week at home against the Cowboys, they've got a shot. There's just not margin for error. 
Sure, that that seems realistic to me. I mean, I don't know if any of those other teams were starting you, Grant Paulson, and Chris Russell on the offensive line, but uh, sure, why not? They've got a shot. <laughs> uh, whatever you say. I don't think they have a shot. I think they are in trouble. And actually, one tying it back to one last note on Kirk Cousins, one thing we all said, I think you and I probably both said it during the offseason, was like, wow, you know, what, is, what does Cousins have to lose by signing this one-year deal? He makes, you know, $28 million, and he can renegotiate next year. Well, what he has to lose is that he is currently, his main suitor has signed someone else, uh, and he is playing behind the most patchwork offensive line I can remember since Justin Geisinger went in at left tackle against the Ravens uh, eight years ago or whatever. Um, and he's going to get killed or injured, and that's going to make it a lot harder for him to make big money. So I- I'm sorry. I just remembered that while we were talking about it as well. Um, well, that, yeah. no, that's a good point. I mean, related to that, he has no receivers. Like Terrell Pryor, Justin Doxson. Yeah, Crowder had one Ch- good game. Jamie, yeah. Terrell Pryor apologized. <laughs> before, last, before last week's game, right? Or did he do it again? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he's doubly sorry now, though. I mean, he, he feels bad, man. Like, but, no, but yeah, at the point at which you were saying, like, what does he have to lose? He was coming off a year when he had 2,000-yard seasons out of Deshaun and Pierre. Yes. This year, those guys are going to combine for 1,000 yards. Yes. Like Pryor, <laughs> Crowder, yes. Doxon. And Jordan Reed's always hurt. Uh-huh. Uh, also, you could probably add in Ryan Grant and any other receivers except for Chris Thompson that I'm not thinking of and still not even get to probably 75% of the combined Deshaun and Pierre from last year. So, yeah, so my other, lots, of, lots to lose. The other thing I wanted to spit out there when you're talking about like Cousins' lack of protection and how that's bringing down his, his value, let alone his, his you know, ability to perform, is that on Sunday, before Sunday's game, uh, he met one of his offensive linemen for the first time. Like it was one of the backups, mind you. I forget who it was because I don't know half these guys' names. But uh, I think I read this from J.P. Finley or somebody else at Redskins Reporter that Cousins had literally never met this player, met, met this person. And he was one of the active offensive linemen in uniform for the game. I think that's okay. It's not like the offensive line is a, a group that needs cohesion or understanding of each other or anything. That's fine. Just slot in whoever. It's totally cool. Right. Right. Are you, are you wide? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever eaten more than four hamburgers in one sitting? Right. Do you think that, like, even though you don't look fit, that you're actually strong? <laughs> Have you ever lived or even been to the state of Wisconsin? Yeah. <laughs> Um, are you white? <laughs> That's pretty much like the only. Yeah, yeah. We we were really dancing around that one, weren't we? Yeah. Do um, you appear to be stereotypically corn-fed? <laughs> do you, so. What do you think? I, Joe Jacoby was uh, tweeting or or something about um, you know, oh, put me in, coach. I'm ready. It's hogs weather out there. What do you think would happen if they were like, you know what, Joe? We could use you. Get on out there. Would it be worse or better than Tyler Catalina? <sighs> Tyler Catalina is an actual person who played offensive line for the Redskins last week. I feel like I'm just basing this off of the fact that Joe Jacoby is six foot six, 318 pounds or whatever his playing weight was. Mm-hmm. I'm basing that off of, you know, I'm basing this off of that, his size, his ability to be one of the best linemen of the eighties. And then also the intensity with which he has 
like watched Redskins practices from the sideline. I've seen like pictures and videos of him at practices, <laughs> like arms folded, just like glaring at the line play. I think he could hold up for a series, you know, I mean, he would get winded at age 58 or whatever, but you know, I think Jacoby could, could at least approximate Catalina level production for a portion of the game. Well, I think Bruce Allen really missed a trick for last week's homecoming game then. We, we should have given him this idea earlier. <laughs> Who's that? Is that Joe Jacoby? <laughs> oh, that's his great go Get in there, big guy. This is great to see. Oh, was, we love you, Joe. What was the TV commercial he did in the 80s? It was like... Theater Vision. Theater, Theater Vision, Vision. yes. <laughs> go ahead, Deepest ask voice. Me, ask me how old my kids are. Let's see how quickly I can come up with that answer as compared <laughs> to how quickly I knew Theater Vision. Um, okay. Any thoughts on the Redskins going to Seattle only to come back home three and five? Any, anything else that needs to be discussed here? Yeah. I mean, let's get ahead of the curve and start talking about how many recent seasons they've done that, how often they've come back. Let's look ahead in the schedule and see, oh, after that, it's the Giants. It's, you know, no, I'm sorry. It's not the Giants. It's, uh, it's a bunch of people. There's a, there's a bunch of people coming up that I'm sure we can beat Minnesota, New Orleans, and, you know, uh, the, who else is on there? The nobody, Giants are there. Arizona. Nobody, yes. so, nobody wins five in a row down the stretch of squeak in the playoffs like your Washington Redskins. No, especially not when you've got a mediocre, tall, white quarterback in there. That is that is some Todd Collins goodness ready to roll. Um, huh. I, okay, so there's a question for you. Is, is Kirk Cousins markedly better than Todd Collins was in his prime? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll take that as I'll take that as a yes then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was pretty unequivocal. <laughs> yep. I, I don't I don't know. I would need to look up numbers, but I feel like I have about the same level of faith in Kirk Cousins winning a game as I ever did in Todd Collins winning a game. I think Kirk Cousins in his prime is somewhere between Jason Campbell and Mark Brunel in their primes. Oh my God. The worst part is I think you're right. And we are paying the, not we are Dan Snyder is paying that person $28 million for somewhere between Jason Campbell and Mark Brunel, man. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Uh, we'll be back after the Seahawks game to overreact. Hopefully we won't wait till Friday. Um, but Matt, thanks for joining us. Our readers can follow him. Uh, at Matt underscore Turl. Read him in the city paper. If you're selling a house, give Dustin Fox a call and uh, come back and listen to us next week.